Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode for, since it's kind of like Valentine's Day weekend, we're going to be- Happy ta- Valentine's Day. Yeah. Thank you for spending it with us. We're going to be- <laughs> We're a little late, but- We're going to be talking about those uh, hashtag relationship goals. Yeah. So kind of like our favorite on-screen Disney couples. So before we get into news this week, I want to thank our sponsor- Podcorn. Podcorn is a podcasting ad marketplace for you. So if you are interested in starting your own Disney podcast, or if you have a podcast of your own and you're looking to get sponsorships, Podcorn uh, is a great place. It's it's built for podcasts of all size. So you can be a small podcast like us. You can be a mega podcast. It really has the flexibility of connecting advertisers with podcasts of any size. And it makes it really easy. So we recently signed up for Podcorn to try to get some sponsors for our show. And it's uh, really nice. You can go on. They have a marketplace. And you can see all the advertisers out there kind of what their budgets are, what they're looking for. And then you can submit proposals. And then if you're selected, then it's a very easy transaction. If you're interested in learning more, you can go to podcorn.com. That's P-O-D-C-O-R-N.com. Or you can also check out the links in our show notes. So again, want to thank Podcorn for being a sponsor of today's episode. All right, so on to Disney news this week. Disney announced an expansion to the PhotoPass program. So we talked what we talked maybe a, a year or so ago, where a lot of the meet and greets were getting replaced. The actual PhotoPass photographers were getting replaced with these automatic boxes that take your picture, and a lot of people weren't happy with it. And I think they pulled back a little bit, and and they didn't expand it you know people were worried that all the photo pass photographers were going to go away that hasn't happened well now it seems like disney is is adding to the photo pass service so they're offering it's called uh, capture the moment photo pass and it's a photo shoot now this is an additional fee but for fifty dollars which i don't think is Mm-mm. too crazy overpriced you get a 20 minute photo shoot with a photo pass photographer in the Magic Kingdom. So you, you kind of pick one location so you can get in front of the castle or So it has to be in the Magic Kingdom then? I, I think that's that's at least what the initial kind of release from the Disney Parks blog said. I mean, maybe they will expand this. But it seems like, I mean, the Magic Kingdom has some of the most iconic places. Right. Well, so, I see I see like there and, and possibly an, an opportunity for expansion in Animal Kingdom. Because Animal Kingdom definitely has some really scenic places as well. Definitely. So they kind of push this as, you know, if you're getting engaged or you're having a, a birth announcement or something and you want to capture that moment in a more like structured photo as opposed to just getting a random photo pass photographer you'll have somebody work with you and you can get a variety of poses and you can do two back-to-back sessions so for a hundred dollars you can get 40 minutes and do two different locations oh that's so, nice so i think this is a a good way to kind of expand the service so if they're going to be cutting back somewhat on the character meet and greets and that's a more automated photo shoot and they're going to be utilizing the photographers out in the parks like this. I think I think that's a, a nice way to expand the service. And again, I think $50 isn't too bad for 20 minutes. Yeah, I, I think this is a really interesting idea that they have. And also, I mean, I could see the value of this for 
uh, people who go and frequently do get the photo pass because you notice, I mean, I know whenever we go, there's always the shots that you get. You get the shots out in front of Animal Kingdom. You get the shot in front of the castle. There are iconic shots and places that there are always photo pass photographers, but then you find that you're getting the same picture over and over again, which is still good because you know, you're getting older, you're, you're wearing different things. It's a different day, different time of year, maybe, but this is an opportunity for you to kind of expand outside of that. So yeah, this is a really cool opportunity and one that I could definitely foresee us taking advantage of. Oh yeah, definitely. When I, when I saw this, I was like, Oh, this is a a pretty neat thing. It's the perfect thing for narcissists (laughs) (laughs) and other people, but, I wasn't talking about other people being narcissists. (laughs) All right. And then what is uh, quickly becoming an an annual norm? So I think, you know, people say the only thing guaranteed in life is death and taxes. Well, I think it's now death, taxes, and Disney ticket price increases (laughs) because Disney announced their most recent round of ticket price increases this past week. And potentially a one-day park hopper to Disneyland will be over $200 for the first time. Oh. So depending on the time of year you go, because I want to say maybe two years ago, Disneyland and Walt Disney World switched to seasonal ticket pricing. So depending on the time of year you go, how busy the parks typically are, the ticket price will fluctuate. Mm-hmm. In, in any way so now if you go at the peak time and you're only buying a one day park hopper ticket it's gonna be over 200 dollars in in disneyland so i think overall i mean some of some of the tiers did have some significant jumps again going over you know 200 dollars is pretty significant um, but other ones like if you're going for like a, a three-day park hopper at disneyland i think that only increased maybe twenty dollars so it wasn't like it was a huge jump for everything but there definitely were some significant increases and i think this just twenty dollars seems like a lot like it doesn't seem like okay we're adjusting this for inflation it seems like i don't know it it, it's well it's definitely yeah it's it's something that's almost it's kind of a shame because you know that there are people that they're edging out of the market now because they're not going to be able to afford it. I mean, you figure there's a lot of people who are going to say, would I prefer to go to the beach? Would I prefer to go to the Bahamas or Disney? And they're going to pick the Bahamas. I don't know. I I, th- I think that one of the- this is going to eventually bite them in the butt. They keep increasing the prices because of the expansion. So I think you're going to continue to see this because you just had Galaxy's Edge open. Right. In Disneyland, you're having the Avengers Campus open. Over in Disney World, they're redoing Epcot. And they're putting, you know, they put a lot of money into Hollywood Studios over there. So just the amount of money they have to pour into these parks necessitates these ticket price increases. I mean, Universal does the same thing. I'm sure they'll announce a ticket price increase very shortly to kind of keep up with it. Just right. because as these theme parks pour billions and billions of dollars in, you know, they need to increase their ticket prices to, to keep things working. All right. So on to our main topic this week. Like we said, we thought it would be interesting to talk about some of who we think maybe are like the best Disney couples that have yeah, been or, on screen yeah, so Disney far. Yeah, relationship goals. Yeah, kind of in honor of, you know, Valentine's Day. Again, this isn't maybe like a ranking. I mean, this is kind of like our thoughts on, on a few right. of them that we thought would be you know, interesting to talk about. I'm sure a lot of people will have their own opinions. Oh, 100%. So definitely, definitely let us know afterwards who you think we missed or, or who you disagree with 
you know, kind of on our picks that we highlighted. So Oh yeah. You can pick these all apart if you want to. But I mean there's so many. I mean every there, there's yeah. so many Disney couples. There are out there. and there are so many good ones out there. And there's so so many like it was really funny when I was starting to think about this. There are so many like kind of bad ones too, where it's like if you actually put this relationship into the real world and actually translate it into what this relationship would look like holy moly it's bad kind of like anakin and padme i mean that one ended very poorly it was destructive on both ends yeah well i was thinking animated like things that are really specifically targeted at children but you think of beauty and the beast of course like awesome love story but he's kind of like abusive and holding her captive she has munchausen not munchausen's she has um what's that called stockholm syndrome stockholm syndrome like it's pretty bad yeah it kind of starts yeah she's essentially uh captive yeah she's a prisoner yeah she's a prisoner there yeah it's not it's not necessarily the greatest right it turned out well in the end i mean yeah it's a great movie i will totally watch it and of course like in my i can you can kind of close off your disney brain from your reality brain and say you know this is okay and acceptable but when you really think about it it's like oh this is kind of bad so obviously tried not to pick those but i'm sure i probably hit some of those anyway but the first group uh the first pair that i thought of when i was thinking of relationship goals was Naveen and Tiana. So this is from The Princess and the Frog. And this movie doesn't get a lot of love, I feel right. like. Right. And that's kind of the part of the reason why I picked it. Princess um, Tiana is in the parks a lot, but I yeah, feel like yeah. that wasn't a very popular movie when it came out. And it's a shame because I just I whenever I thought about this and when I, I thought about Tiana and Naveen, I was like, you know what? I've only seen Princess and the Frog one time. So I actually over the past like couple days you know when i'm getting ready for work and things i put it on and rewatch the movie and holy moly is this a good movie tiana and naveen i mean naveen comes in he's a spoiled kind of brat that he wants to marry rich so he can like he doesn't really want to get married he doesn't want to be in a part of a family he just wants to party and have a good time and then there's tiana who's completely the polar opposite who really wants to work hard, work hard, work hard, because that's the way her her father taught her. And she's working toward getting this restaurant where she can cook for it. And so these two kind of become this odd couple and they have to work together. And they essentially, you know, grow together and become a couple because they realize, you know, like Naveen teaches her that she can kind of relax and have a good time sometimes. And she teaches Naveen the importance of, hard work and also of you can fill your life with all of these wonderful excellent trips and experiences but if you have no one to share it with if you have no one to love then what does it really matter you bring up a good point with them is that they both kind of help each other grow in certain ways right. and that's why i think you know when you think about this like you mentioned there's a lot of couples that are portrayed in disney movies that you know they're they're good couples but it's it's like they're maybe not necessarily, like you said, kind of hashtag relationship goals because right. they really don't push or like support each other. Maybe one pushes the other one. So like like Beauty and the Beast again, Belle kind of helps make Beast a better person and kind of turns him and breaks the curse. But I'm not so sure that... What is he offering her? Yeah, exactly. Besides the fact that he's rich. An awesome castle. You know what though? Hey, I might take that. I'll take that deal. <laughs> so li- live yeah. in a castle. But, but you know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of... I think the best ones are those ones where they are kind of they're complementary of each other. Right. And I think that anytime that you have a really, really strong and good relationship, the people aren't exactly alike. You know, you have to have people that are to a certain extent opposites and they bring different things to the table. 
Yeah, so like somebody that comes to mind to me, and this is an animated one, but I mean, I love Marvel movies. I'm being a caricature of myself here, but <laughs> but Tony Stark and Pepper Potts. I mean, I, I kind of think of them because I think their relationship is portrayed very realistically, as realistically as a billionaire and his wife can be. And his assistant become wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, become wife. But I mean, to your point, they, I feel like, offer each other a lot. I mean, they're both still very independent. She's not completely reliant on him to be a billionaire. I mean, she is is running a company and doing things on her own, you know, being the best person she can be. But then she also... And she organizes him. Correct. And keeps him straight. Yeah, and she really changes his trajectory because, I mean, even in the first movie, she gives him that arc reactor and says, proof, Tony Stark has a heart. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, before he was just kind of this guy focused on making money, making weapons, being this businessman. And, you know, she kind of pushes him to help people and makes it okay for him to, you know, make these sacrifices to kind of save the world. So it's like I look at I look at a couple like that and I think it's a it's a very realistic and, portrayal and they do better each other in the end. And spoiler alert, I mean, at the very end of the you know, endgame, um, Pepper Potts treatment of Tony is very um unselfish you know she makes comments about how she's worried about their family and worried about what's going to happen if he does help to undo the snapping uh the snap but also she lets him do his own thing she doesn't throw a big fit she she says you know this is kind of the way that i feel but you're your own person you do it and then she says i think she makes some comment like you do what allows you to fall asleep at to night rest, to rest to rest yeah. right yeah. and yeah, then she very brings that back each other. yeah she brings that comment back to him at the end whenever he is dying and she you know doesn't make it about her she makes it about him and her his final moments she's not throwing like a blubbering fit she is strong for him and allows him to go in peace and lets him know that like she will be okay um moving on without him. yeah and everything he does i mean his whole motivation in in endgame is to i mean save humanity yes but to not lose what he has achieved because he has achieved a terrific life he has a daughter now he's very mm-hmm. happy with pepper and he doesn't want to lose that you know yeah. he, he's he's willing to he's willing to sacrifice himself but he's not willing to sacrifice the life he's built and kind of that love and relationship he has you know right. like like yes he's gone but he knows that his daughter will grow up and pepper's safe mm-hmm. and so like he's willing to make that sacrifice and yes he's he is kind of losing that relationship in a way but yet he knows it's still there and intact mm-hmm. so i think that i think, I think you need good. to talk for another like 10 am seconds I making, or so am i making you sad yeah you're, you're choking me up a little bit <laughs> but yeah so talk all right so i'll talk so I'll go, and i think another another kind of on-screen couple now this is an animated one and this is superhero related as well so this is a good segue but i think the incredibles so the par family and we talked about this i think when we talked about the incredibles too but bob and helen over the course of the first and second incredibles they may be the most realistic portrayal of a couple and the incredibles as a family that disney has ever done on screen they have very realistic squabbles with each other and and it, it has a very you know, lived in type environment. And and it, the thing that, you know, part of my notes is they, they, they go through and they really deal with the mundanity of everyday life. And, you know, 
relationship isn't always new. It's not always exciting. It's not always um, you're you're going on these great excursions. There's moments when you're you're just working. You're, it's the everyday grind and trying to just find joy in those moments. And they are living through that. We get to see that. Disney doesn't circumvent those. This isn't like The Bachelor in this movie, you know, or The Bachelor. They always show you the highlight reel, essentially. They are living in those moments that are tough, that are hard, that are... Um, frustrating and in both character both the both characters you know have those moments Mr. Incredible in the first movie is more um in the lead and and Helen's kind of in the background having to kind of deal with the um some of the things that's going on with him and and his like struggles with his personality because he's he's a little bit challenging in the first movie for how he's trying to hide everything from his family. But in the second movie, he becomes a better person and she's going out there and working. And then he has to struggle with, oh my goodness, how am I going to help my kids with their math homework? Yeah, he's kind uh, of taking care of the family. Yeah, he, so you know, you see that dynamic that these two are an actual team. They are, they're, they're a team because they're superheroes, but they're a team also because they're in a, in a relationship that's real. And so, I mean, and they do a good job with it. Yeah, and that's a good point you make, kind of like The Bachelor, you know, where you watch these reality shows is it's always, they only show the good stuff. They yeah. only show like the great times, whereas, well, I mean, and a lot of times that happens in movies too. Well, but yeah, The Incredibles, yeah. like I said, it's just, it's a very realistic portrayal where they, they do show that difficulty. It isn't just like the highlight reel. They're not just this yeah. superhero family that has no problems. I mean, they have, right. that. that's, I think what makes those movies so great is, you know, they're obviously, they have the conflict with the villain and whoever they're fighting in the movie, but they have that internal family conflict. There's, yeah, there's I mean, drama. As a, as a couple, but home. then with the kids even, right. you know, and, and just, I mean, the issues with raising Jack-Jack. And, yeah, you know, the and, uncertainty yeah. of not knowing, is, does he have superpowers? How is he going to fit in this family? Oh, no, he has the superpowers. Oh, no, he has all the superpowers. Right, yeah, we have no <laughs> idea what he has. So, yeah, I just, I think that one, I, I mean, that family may be the best portrayal disney has ever done of a of a family at least in an animated movie i mean i think that in inside out inside out is a, is a very risk, realistic portrayal of growing of just up emotion yeah, yeah general, and that's and that and is learning to cope with it right and that's just kind of from one I person's that, perspective so that's not necessarily like the whole family where the incredibles kind of encompasses the whole family i'd argue that in general pixar pixar, pixar really focuses job. on emotion i mean they <laughs> you think about i, I just watched toy story, toy story 2 today and again they really delve deep into those different emotions those that feeling of loneliness that feeling of maybe being uh pushed aside and forgotten about and they they tackle those ugly emotions that a lot of other movies will kind of try to say, you know, these are things that we don't need to worry about. We don't need to talk about those. And that kind of goes back to what they were created on. I mean, they started with, you know, hey, we have this novel way of creating a film completely computer animated, but it's, I mean, it was good, but it wasn't anywhere near the quality it was today. So if they just made if they made a, a movie with a very poor story and it was computer animated, it would have been interesting, but the novelty would have worn off very quickly. Right. So they always started with, Hey, we need to make movies that have emotion, that have feeling, that have a real story behind yeah. them. The most important thing about the Pixar movies is the story. Yeah, the it's anim- the beating heart. There's a beating heart in every single one of those movies. Yeah, and that's, that's how they created it. I mean, the, the animation was kind of just the medium that they made the movie with. 
it was really, it all came down to they had to have a great story. And so, yeah, I think you're right. Pixar does that better than, you know, any other studio out there. Yeah. And moving on from Pixar. So I think that these two, and they might not have the most realistic relationship ever, but they are so charming together. Rapunzel and Flynn Rider are just the cutest little, like cutest couple. I mean, she is just so she they has, interact well with yes, each other. They that's do. kind of like the common theme I, I think of this. Right, one. right. Because you know, it starts off that they both have something that each other wants and they have to work together to get it. I mean, that's oftentimes how Disney almost never does the love at first sight. I mean, they do, but the the more modern movies, they don't do the love at first sight. Even Tiana and, yeah, and, and Prince Knight right. Naveen, you know, when they see each other, they don't like each other. And he kind of gets her into this the whole situation and by saying he'll help her. that's a portrayal. Yeah. I mean, most people, love at first sight Isn't, doesn't happen. I most mean, people end up yes. not being, you know, friends. You kind of, it's a slow progression. You know, it's so. just kind of like you and me. Like you, I I still was can't stand the look I was you. in love with <laughs> y'all. I was just going <laughs> to lie and say I was in love with you at first sight. But, you know, um, yeah. Well, I could see that. I mean, obviously, <laughs> have you, I mean, I look in the mirror every day. I, I can understand that, but oh, that's that. But definitely. you, uh, you know, it's I'm still working on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ugly. I'm so sorry. I'm so I'm so beastly for you. You still have some time before your final before the final uh, petal falls off the rose and you're stuck <laughs> this way. So I, we may be able to break the curse yet. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm gonna go cry for a little bit. We'll be back. You already did that. You're crying again for different reasons now. <laughs> I made you cry for for good reasons and bad reasons this episode. Oh, this is an emotional roller coaster. It is. That's well, gonna be the, that's gonna be the uh, tagline of this of this one. Emotional roller coaster. Yes, but back to Flynn and Rapunzel. Oh, wait, we were talking about something else. Sorry. God. <laughs> So he um, he kind of helps to acquaint her to reality and recognizes that even though she's sort of been this maiden in a castle for all this time. I was just, I was laughing when you said that because I was like, it's not her fault that she doesn't understand reality. She's been trapped in a castle and has no idea what's going on. Um, yeah, I'm not saying it's her fault. I'm I just know. saying it was just funny how you said that. You're like, you know, he helps her like get reacquainted with reality, and I was like, and I was just thinking like, well, yeah, like poor Rapunzel. It's well, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm no, saying it, he, he. It was just really, it was just a really funny thought how you said that because if you told that to somebody, like, oh yeah, like. You know, he helps oh, her like yeah, understand yeah. reality, like come back to Earth here. And you think like, oh, she's like pie in the sky. It's like, oh no, she was actually trapped <laughs> in a castle for a very long time. She was literally, she wasn't a pie in the sky. Although her, you could say that the, the her little ca- castle is kind of shaped like a pie. Um, but she's like, yeah, she's up in the sky literally, and her feet don't even touch the ground. So yeah, that whole situation. And I mean, he's patient with her when she first comes out. I was watching. When I watched that movie again on a plane, I was sitting, I was sitting there going, oh my goodness, if I was Flynn, I would probably be out of there so fast because she was like manic. She was crazy, like manic depressant. Like one second she's running around in the field, rolling around in the grass, like having a great time. And next she's like, I'm going to be in so much trouble. My mom's going to be so mad at me. And she just, we we should do. So plot synopsis for Tangled is manic depressant, out of touch girl (laughs) meets (laughs) meets knight in shining armor and gets a haircut (laughs) which then the the disney which then disney undoes immediately in every single thing that they do because she doesn't have the short haircut that she has at the end of tangled and anything you can't have rapunzel with short hair that's why yeah but people would be like who's that person but she has short brown hair not long blonde grows back Oh man. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, but then, you know, he brings all that to her, but she also helps to 
like he's kind of a not a hardened criminal like he's not a bad bad criminal but he's a criminal and she sort of kind of teaches him about right and wrong and brings him back to reality and again recognizing that you know there are more important things than this big adventurous lifestyle that he has and stealing things from people and by the end you know he's not this selfish you know, he's still cocky, but he's not selfish anymore. And he's willing to give his life for her and he dies for her. Yeah. I mean, their relationship is, is something that is, is a thing of beauty. So the last one that we're going to talk about, um, and this might be a bit of a surprise is Vanellope and Ralph from Wreck-It Ralph and Ralph breaks the internet. Right. Because not all, I just love saying hashtag before things, hashtag relationship goals need to be couples romantic couples right and i think and and particularly who wouldn't want a friend like ralph (laughs) yeah i I think that men and women are oftentimes portrayed and this is something that it it drives me a little bit crazy and it starts at such a young age i caught my students the other day saying boys what is like boys rule girls drool or whatever and i well it rhymes so it must be right there (laughs) there was another one too girls shine boys whine and i heard them saying that to each other and i said guys stop like we're all the same like there's no di- like no big differences between boys and girls. You guys all get along. We don't have to root against boys, root against girls. Like we start this terrible narrative for kids at such a young age that boys and girls are so vastly different that it's no wonder when we get older that there's this huge drama that occurs in middle school and high school and we have a hard time kind of meshing. So I think yeah. that's something we need to kind of try to get away from as a society. Right. And I think, I mean, to your point with, with Ralph and Vanellope, they are a great portrayal of friends and kind of like the common theme we've had of two people that complement each other, but then mm-hmm. also kind of push each other to become better. So Vanellope really changes Ralph's perspective on things throughout the movie. But then also Ralph really opens up Vanellope's worldview and really helps her out. I mean, at the end of Wreck-It Ralph 2, she's kind of off on her own. And and we can you know get into this, and I'm sure you'll talk about this a little bit, but I mean, Wreck-It Ralph 2, the relationship transforms even more as Ralph learns to let go. And, and I kind of look at them you know, very similar to Buzz and Woody, where I think that's a, another good example of a really good friendship where you have two characters right. c- that come from opposing viewpoints, but learn to find common ground. And we should really sit down our entire government and make them watch all of the Toy Story movies. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. things would get done. Right. Yeah. But, but I think, I think Woody and Buzz, I think they're also, you know, a great example of this, uh, of where you, uh, you, you have these friends really pushing each other. But I agree. I mean, I think Ralph and Vanellope, they're a more recent example. And I do think they are a really, again, realistic example. Now, this isn't a Pixar movie. It's Disney animation, but it's after Pixar, after Disney bought Pixar. So you can kind of see some of that, that Pixar kind of mentality rubbing off where it's a really good story. You know, it's it's a right. very realistic portrayal of friends. You know, friends don't always come from the same backgrounds or upbringing, right. you know, and worldviews, I, but be, being able to find that common ground and help each other is really what, and what it comes down this, to. And I think that this really, it speaks to the human condition where, you know, we're all stuck in our own bodies. And so we think that we know where everybody else is coming from, or we want to believe that about ourselves because that is the easiest thing to believe. It's, it's hard to kind of 
put yourself in somebody else's shoes and not bring any, any of your own prejudices to it. So, you know, when you see the first, like the first movie, Wreck-It Ralph and King Candy kind of presents Vanellope as this glitch that she's not, (laughs) that she's not supposed to be in the game. She's ruining the game. And so Ralph destroys her go-kart that she made and she like freaks out and, you know, calls, says he's really a monster. Like he, at that moment kind of, I think starts to realize that, you know, maybe, I need to reassess and like put on a different pair of goggles to look at her because well, the way I'm looking at her isn't quite right. And finally he learns when he goes back to his own game that no, she's like supposed to be the star of the game. She's, she's supposed to be in it. And he was looking at it from the wrong perspective. He was listening to the wrong people and he wasn't listening to her. So um, whenever he comes back, he rectifies that. And then out of that, what com- starts as a really tumultuous, terrible relationship comes this beautiful thing where they're doing everything together and really spending a lot of time together until Vanellope becomes restless and she doesn't want to be in her game anymore and she wants to stay in another game that's really dangerous for her. And Ralph has a really hard time knowing that he's not going to be able to connect with her as much. He has a hard time letting go. And it, that really speaks to growing up it's it's a great lesson it's a lesson you don't see a lot where kids are forced you know and when you become teenagers and you become adults and you kind of start to get that separation and you're not next to your friends anymore through the progression of these movies ralph really learns what it means to actually be a friend right. because to kind of your point you know in the first movie he doesn't believe her and ruins her her go-kart and everything and then realizes oh no like you said she was right she should really be in this game and he does he learns that you know sometimes you have to listen to people and it's not you have to sometimes believe them even if you're not 100 percent sure of it some there is that you know leap of faith to an extent i mean if mm-hmm. you're a good friend you have to be there and really like hear what and they're to be saying in a good relationship right. you know going back to our, our point is <laughs> you know if you're looking to hold a relationship with anybody, whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship, you've got to be willing to say, okay, they're saying this and I, I can either choose to believe them or I could choose not to believe them. But I mean, if they're a person that's always shown you that they've been a person of integrity, then you should believe them. You shouldn't, you know, automatically err to the side of, well, they're lying to me. Right, exactly. But yeah, so I think I think they're a, a great example as well. So exactly. I, so that wraps up the the show for this week. Again, we kind of just touched on some of our favorite on screen Disney couples right. so I mean, far. So so yeah. definitely let us know who your favorites are. Let us know. You can let us know on Facebook or on our Instagram. We're at Enchanted Ears Podcast on both. So be sure to let us know who who your favorite Disney couple is, or you know maybe. You think that uh, one of our picks uh, isn't the best? Maybe we should have picked somebody else that we didn't even think of. And uh, you can, I'm sure, instead of just yelling at your uh, <laughs> iPhone or whatever you listen to this on, type us a message on uh, Facebook. Be like, oh, you guys really should have picked um, Aladdin, screwed up. Aladdin and Jasmine or something like that, or Aladdin and Genie. Nope. That, that'd be a nope. good Ala- Aladdin. Nope, Aladdin and Jasmine. Nope, Aladdin and Genie. Entire relationship founded on on lies. Aladdin and Genie would have. <laughs> That's a that's a good friendship there though. Well, yeah, I think but they I help was, each other. Listen, I was trying to be groundbreaking because I was talking about men and women being friends. So that's uh, this isn't no, really no, about I'm just, friendship. I'm just saying that that would have been another another good one oh, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we didn't necessarily um, do it strictly strictly friendship, but that would have been I think another uh, uh, good on screen. Uh, I mean, duo I think as it's well. a, I think it's another episode for sure where we. I'm sure there's an international friendship day. We'll have to put that on our 
board and then we'll do there's an international day for everything yeah so i'm sure we'll find that one so all right well thanks everybody for listening i kind of already mentioned our social media channels you can also make sure you leave us a rating or a review and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast if you do have a question for us you can send it to us through our website enchantedearspodcast.com slash podcast question thanks for lending us your ears yeah thanks everyone Uh, we'll see you here next week Bye-bye.